Microbiology. What is it, and what does microbiology have to do with you? This field of study is a key part of our world, from human and animal medicine to understanding the environment. On this show, Minerva Garcia, a practicing microbiologist, swings open the door to her lab to welcome you into this intriguing world. Now, let's meet Minerva, the microbiologist. Welcome all to my radio podcast, Meet Minerva, the Microbiologist. My name is Minerva Garcia, Associate Director, Microbiology at Jacoby Medical Center, New York City Health and Hospitals Corporation in New York City. In today's podcast, I'll be talking about difficulties in New York State certification in clinical laboratory professionals in Lachinshire, and COVID update. As I start, I would like to discuss an analogy of a poem as I experience hardship, perseverance, and lack of support from coworkers. I believe this poem titled An American Soldier suits my character well during that time. As I look back and wonder why I had no role models and how did I get here today? Knowing that I am not a follower, but a leader, I'm a striver which doesn't like to give up. I'm an initiator with a purpose. With this in mind, I'd like to share you one of my poem titled, An American Soldier, Part 1. And here it goes, like this. An American Soldier, Part 1. The land of freedom we stand. This soldier of the American soil lands, fighting for peace and for his land. Come free this man from pains. He will always stand tall, looking for someone to aid and alleviate their pains. Away from home and his patriots too, for once to live not insane, but free from pains. If ever questioned this man, why such deeds, my friend? He will reply, Men should never live like this. Why explain? I see at times we can be insane. And who are we to blame? Fathers of the heaven, wherever you may be, listen. We all want to breathe a little free. Teach us to learn to be like this and be at peace. Moreover, will be no need for soldiers to be. We try to reach and seek others some freedom, but instead, they slap me and place it on their back, for they bury peace in their yard, for they think never existed and cannot be now. I shall fight until there'll be peace, because I believe in me and no one could take that away from me. I am a free man who believes in peace and I shall fight to the end. So let's get started. Difficulties in New York State Certification in Clinical Laboratory Professionals Lecture. I saw many problems facing the lab professions as I started the field. No license, big trouble. The lack of improper education by some staff and incoming staff. The need for administration, health agencies, and work union to work together with me in a collaborative effort to improve this profession. I noticed that even other lab 
areas what needed this improvement in the lab. I saw staff that work in nail salon were licensed. We had no license. How can this profession exist without any monitoring and any credibility? I have to step in and solve this problem. There was no monitoring, no incentive to stay in the field. Staff with no college degrees. Staff with college degree leaving the field for higher pay and other health professions and opportunities. Surely I had to face reality and do something. I had to face confrontation heads on without support. It was a struggle to get this profession licensed. That positions faced were cruel and unjustifiable. Still, I continued. I never gave up. No matter what, continuing and triumph was all in my mind. That positions, well, I gotta tell you, I gathered petitions, signatures from colleagues and also other departments. I I went to the CEO office with these signatures and this was disapproved and disregarded. Therefore, I had to find another strategy. My strategy now, since being a, a union member and knowing union delegates and knowing how important the union has been, I would seek 1199. I never looked back since. Today, I am a witness of a fruitful of my labor. I like to talk about leaders that inspired me at the time when I struggled for licensure. As I walk in the street of 42nd Street in Times Square in New York City, we all know Times Square, with many members of 1199 marching down, I remember those days. It was an incredible, incredible step for me. And to see me walking down this great New York City Times Square. As I was conversing and having a great time, I got an invitation from two politicians to march. It was truly an amazing time to be among these two great politicians. These both politicians came from Puerto Rican descendants. They were great leaders, two Hispanics, and I being also Hispanic, being among these true leaders. They raised me to a whole new level. These leaders were Dennis Rivera and Jose Serrano, which I will discuss later their roles. Mr. Rivera came to a hospital, Bethesda Medical Center, where I used to work, personally thanking me for my participation efforts and all my efforts in, of getting licensure. And also, he recognized me for all my motivations and support that I was giving my colleagues. Mr. Serrano, also present, invited me to visit his borough, the Bronx, and get a personal tour to get involved in politics. He recommended me to move to his borough and run for office there. He was sure the Bronx and the people would welcome me. Today, I have the honor and the privilege to work in this borough in the capacity of Associate Director of Microbiology at Jacoby Medical Center. He was right. The people of this borough has received me well, and they have welcomed me beyond my comprehension. They're friendly, professional, and great people to be around with. Guess what? 
Bronx, I am here, and I think I'm here to stay. Thank you. Dennis Rivera. He was a former labor official, nationally recognized healthcare leader, who has been speaking about the issues facing the healthcare system since 1992. He left Puerto Rico to defend his doctors because they were getting low pay and wanted them to be compatible to the U.S. So he left U.S. to fight further, which I'm glad. Mr. Rivera was president of 1199 in 1989 till 1998, building and strengthening 1199 by becoming one of the most powerful union of all of New York and probably the country, and now I think the world. In 1199, the union merged with the Service Employees International Union, known as SEIU. He soon became chair of the SEIU Healthcare Division. He served as president of the union with enormous New York City-based healthcare workers since SEU 1199 for almost 20 years between 1989 to 2007. Since then, he has continued to maintain a presence of the most influential figures in the labor movement and New York democratic politics. This took me to a whole new journey with 1199 headquarters leadership. I was so thrilled to be around those members and leadership. It was so fulfilling. It was an incredible journey. I worked so closely with 1199 SEAU headquarters staff like Deborah Hunt, David Kravitz, ensuring we'll get licensed. I got the petitions, signatures, and forwarded them to 1199 SEU, also the congressmen, senators, and gained support in Albany for licensure. We marched. Our voice was heard. I think it was the loudest with pride. I met Jose Serrano in one of those rallies, and even Hillary Clinton. Oh, my God. I can't believe that. Looking back, oh, my God, that's really a definitely a wow. That was so thrilling. She really believed it takes a village. And guess what? I'm with her. It does take a village to strive to succeed and persevere. I was also walking hand in hand with Dennis Rivera and both Jose Serrano. We had conversations, which we both, they both encouraged me into a life of politics. We call it back. I should have gone into politics. In eighth grade, in junior high school, I was secretary of school. In ninth grade, I was the vice president. Looking back also, for high school awards day, I got about 14 awards. For graduation, I got the New York City Honor Citation Award. I recall the principals stating to me, one day you'll make the school so proud because you'll be the first person in politics, probably the first congresswoman. Well, my luck changed because in high school, I was severely discriminated when I tried to join the GOP. I was told there's no room for Latina. Well, I had to push forward and go for the medical profession. It was between the healthcare profession and politics. At ninth grade, I was also joined in the health profession and I was showing a lot of promises. When I was 12 years old, I became a candy striper. I gathered a club for students to join the healthcare. 
And it worked really nicely because many of the students I encouraged became nurses, doctors, and I'm glad they did. And today I'm also the healthcare workers. When one door opens and one closed, guess what? The door that opened is where I'm going first. So I'm glad that the door opened for me in the healthcare profession at 12 years old. And this is where I belong and this is where I stayed. We had conversation that encouraged me a political life. It was very exciting and encouraging for me to be next to those two great politicians. They were very honorable and respectful to me. Jose Enrique Serrano, politician who was a member of the U.S. House of Representatives from 1990 until his retirement in 2021. At the time I met Mr. Serrano, he represented the South Bronx in New York City proudly. Due to all these efforts, a bill was passed and introduced to the Senate. If you approved and got services approved, you will grandfather into the lab field. This was a pathway to licensure for clinical laboratory technologists. For clinical laboratory technician, the special provision grant parenting. When the provision were first created, applicants could meet various special provisions, including experience or combination of education and experience to be licensed without examination. Today, we all have to pass the state license courses exam and also be trained for one year in a certified hospital. Meet examination requirements, pass the ASP exam, receive a bachelor degree or higher education in the clinical laboratory profession. Certification must occur through New York State Education Department Office of the Profession in Albany. This could never have happened without the work of myself and 1199 and also all those supporters who gave us their signatures. It was a challenging, but it, we all came through. Today, we are recognized as certified clinical laboratory professionals where 70% of all tests performed in laboratories. Doctors rely heavily on the laboratory for the results in order to treat their patients successfully. So all this work and all this licensing has proved today that we are respectable. We celebrate Lab Week on the third week of April. We get the recognition from ASAP, other organizations, our hospital administration, New York City Hospital Corporations, and many others. So we hope that the public at large can feel safe that all the laboratory work are performed by certified clinical laboratory professionals who hold a college degree, who take exams to pass in order to be certified. They have to meet every year 12 continuing educations known as CEUs, and they also have to show credibility, standards, and also ethical behaviors that is proven to meet the highest standards for the New York State and also the hospital where they work. They also monitor, they have to perform proficiency testing in order to show proficiency and accuracy in testing. Now I get up to COVID update. 
I'd like to start by emphasizing the importance of vaccination. You could go to link online to find a COVID-19 vaccine center near you. All you need to do, go to link and write vaccine.gov. You will get your nearest COVID-19 vaccine center near you. All right. You also should continue using your mask, proper hand washing, avoid touching your eyes, your nose, keep six feet distance. Please continue vaccination. Vaccination is the only way to control COVID pandemic. If we are to control this virus from spreading and getting back to a normal routine as before, we must all take a proactive approach and roll by getting vaccinated. Get the word out to everyone you know. These vaccines are safe with minimal side effects. These vaccines were tested and reviewed by panelists, scientists, peer-reviewed, then the scientific data reviewed by the FDA in order to get stamp of approval as emergency use only, known as EUA. EUA means that when these vaccines were tested, less data were gathered. Licensure will follow as more data are gathered. There will be, in the future, we will see future vaccines with stamp of approval and we're licensed, licensed. We should all feel safe in getting these vaccines. Stringent guidelines will follow in order to meet this emergency use only approval. SARS-CoV-2 was not bioengineered by men. Many, many, many people have shown resistance of not getting the vaccine due to this rumors. I, this is what I believe. No one should be scared of getting a vaccine for the threat of feeling that these viruses were bioengineered by men. It was a natural occurring virus that has come about in nature. It is a zoonotic virus where transmission has occurred from animal to human. It's jumped from animal virus to human. This is why it's called zoonotic. This is very important to have this understanding. Vaccine technology from Pfizer and Moderna were mRSA messenger RNA mechanism. The messenger RNA teaches our body how to make this protein, the spike protein of the coronavirus. This is very important understanding why this vaccine is so safe. Vaccine usually take many, many years because of the urgency and the crisis that we are facing with the pandemic, scientists all over the world work very hard to get this vaccine to all of us so we can control this pandemic. So it's all of us responsibility to ensure that we, our family and friends, get vaccinated. It's the only way to control this pandemic. It's one of the three kinds of ribonucleic acid, RNA, that will all work together to translate pure genetic deoxyribonucleic acid, DNA, information into the proteins in your body. It's taken scientists decades to identify this specific mechanism and turn it into medicine. Medicine is a tool. Science, men of science have worked so hard, so diligently to get this going. And finally, we have this vaccine. So let's make them proud and show them 
our support by getting vaccinated. We have this COVID vaccine, so now let's all roll up our sleeve and get vaccinated. Please get vaccinated. We have now 15 to 18, and now we're going to start with 12 to 16 years to 15 years old. So as you see, we're getting the population vaccinated as much as possible. Then we're going to see it younger populations. We know that due to vaccination, these success stories has already occurred in the United States. Hospitalization rate are down by 70%. Fatality rate has gone enormously. Positivity rate from 24,000 a week, now 4,000 a week. Testing down in January 2011 from 30,000 a week, now 3,000. Trends of spreading the disease is also down. This is all great, incredible news. Very hard to believe that what we are today from where we started. We are fighting the disease. We are fighting the virus. We're controlling the virus. And eventually, we all will start getting back to normal lives when everybody gets vaccinated. So please get vaccinated. We have seen and known that 8.6 million people were vaccinated with a single, single dose by May 7th. 149.5 million have received at least one of the vaccine. 100.3 million have at least received two doses vaccine. And 100.9 million has been fully vaccinated. That's incredible news. In 10 people of 65 years and older, we have received at least one dose of vaccine. Around one in three people ages 8 to 29 have. Ages group currently eligible for the vaccine can be benefited from the protection of easing this, this virus and this pandemic. Prevention measures. The companies behind these two most promising RNA vaccines are building years of research as well as growing track records with some complex and cutting-edge therapies for other health conditions. Therefore, Pfizer and Moderna are very credible pharmaceutical companies who have worked really hard to get this vaccine. So I am bringing this out so you can feel confident so you can get this vaccine. Interesting news is that in Israel, data suggests that mass vaccination has led to a severe drop in COVID cases. In February 2011, COVID-19 vaccine in Israel, 84% of their population of 70 older has received the vaccination. This massive vaccination has led to a drop in severe cases among 70 and older populations, where we know a high risk. By now, most of the citizens has been vaccinated, creating herd immunity. This is incredible. We could follow in the same success if we all get vaccinated. Pfizer BioNTech vaccine tend to be 95% effective in preventing COVID-19. Israel data offers an early glimpse into how effective that vaccine is in real-world setting. Crisis. Viruses within the lineage of B1617, which first appeared in India, is a real concern globally. India is at risk of losing many of their population. Globally, is threatening to control this pandemic. Therefore, it's 
a global issue and a global problem. We have to come together as all nations to try to help is India in controlling this pandemic. Final note: the next threat could be a bioterrorism. It could be zoonotic, meaning from animal jump to human, in na- or in nature, or in a break of unknown origin. A mutated strain of bird flu has emerged in Russia, most likely human to human transmission. First case of an H five. N A transmission to humans have caused by poultry. H five N A strain, which is lethal for birds, has never previously been reported to have spread among humans. If this is not controlled, could become a real threat to worldly population. Population, and guess what? It's not just going to be COVID nineteen. That new threat will be H five N eight. Opinion disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely my own and my guests, and not of any institution or corporations. Thank you so much to my lovely audience. This is Minerva A. Garcia, your microbiologist. Thank you.